Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Listen, Learn and Burn podcast, hosted by Phil Williams and Jen Kay, co-owners of Lift, Learn and Burn, the online coaching service created to transform the body and minds of females. Getting out and getting steps in can sometimes feel like you're walking for the sake of walking, which is why we're on a mission to make your walks a little bit more fun. So get off the couch, throw your headphones in and get those feet moving. Oh, and if you're in England, it's probably best you take a coat because it's more than likely chucking it down. Every week, we'll be going in-depth into a specific topic related to female weight loss. We know how overwhelming and overcomplicated weight loss can be, so we make sure to cut out all the big fancy words and bring you the information that you need to know. And if you're not sure how to start your journey, then head over to our website now to get your hands on our free fat loss guide. Hello! Hi! Hello! What today's is about? Almost ass. Uh, what today's is about? <laughs> I saw you write that before, I couldn't wait to say it at the beginning of the so, podcast. So, little confession. Mm-hmm. I just tried to Google a song with 23 because nothing popped into my head. And Is the that whole... what you were listening to in the bathroom? Yeah. It was horrendous. It was awful. Apparently Miley Cyrus raps now. For sure. And not one part of the song does it say 23. That's good, because Miley Cyrus in... can't sing, so it's probably a good song. <laughs> she can. can she? Yeah. She, right. When she sings properly. My argument is she's created some absolute bangers, part in the USA with Sensation. Oh, yeah. But what about Wrecking Ball? <gasps> Wrecking Ball's a good one. I came in like a wrecking ball. How's it go? <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. I thought she was in the room then for a second. Oh, I know. I am, I am quite like Miley. Also, right. Billy Ray Cyrus. Family, generational um, gold voices. Billy Ray Cyrus is better than Miley Ray Cyrus. Yeah, because Just he sings the songs he's supposed to sing. If she sang country songs, she'd be a heck of a lot better. She would. She would be absolutely sent. I'd probably listen to her more often. Yeah. She wouldn't like a country singer, though. But yeah, she raps. Does everyone want to hear a bit of the rapping? I just heard everybody say no, but you're going to play everyone uh, anyway, aren't you? Yeah. That's not Miley Cyrus rapping. No. That's somebody else rapping. That I can't find her rapping there. This is like Beyonce all over again. Is it? She's Females who can sing just like talking in songs. Baffles me. Sorry to anyone I just offended. Mm. Anyway. Well, I don't think Beyonce's I, listening, so we're good. I couldn't. <laughs> but people feel very strongly about Beyonce. They do. I just think her new music is the worst. I don't think it's the worst. I think it's the same as it always was, and no, that's the issue. No, it's not. No, I mean, like, every new song now. Oh, I'm it's like, just the same. Oh, that must be Beyonce, because it sounds like the last 84 songs she's brought out. Again, back in the day. What's that one that I love? Irreplaceable. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's very um, ballady, isn't it? Yeah. Is it irreplaceable? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. I used to use that one in school. When I was making kids' times and divide by 10 hundred and a thousand. Really? To the left, to the left. Very good. Everything you own in a box to the left. And we used to call it the Beyonce method. Really? <laughs> yeah. So they all remembered because they all used to forget how to times and divide by 10 hundred and a thousand. That's a very good way of doing <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. I was a great teacher. Don't you Now just, I teach people how to don't lose just weight. Move the decimal point. No! <laughs> There's also another song that says, the decimal point never moves. And if you're a primary school teacher, go and find it, because I could never find it. And it was the best song that I'd ever had. Um, what was it called? I think it was called Jump. Oh, my love. No, not that one. Jump in. <laughs> that would be another good one, though, wouldn't it? The, the numbers jump. Yeah, the decimal you. point doesn't move. Also, if you're a teacher t- teaching children to move the decimal point or take off zeros... 
then I am right. enraged. We'll do another podcast for teachers, all right, Jen? Yeah, sorry. This one is not about teaching. I know, but you still know. I'm Just to bring get... you back down into what we're supposed to be talking about. Sorry, yeah, okay. What are we going to be talking about on this week's podcast, Jen? We are going to be talking about how to keep weight off and stop yo-yo dieting. God, I thought you were going to say algebra or something there. <laughs> Very worried. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is a massive topic as well, isn't it? Because really big. I can pretty much guarantee ninety nine point nine nine percent of listeners have lost weight and then regained it, and because of the way that they have been set up, and it's not their fault. And that is basically the main message we want to give you it's today. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You've been set up incorrectly, and today we're going to run through not only the reasons why it probably hasn't worked. In fact, not probably the reasons why it hasn't worked for you in the past, but also how you can now set things up. So that next time that you do lose weight, you keep it off. Were you just smiling at the camera so it looked like I was talking whilst she was happy? Because that isn't going to work. Because I'm not going to use that video next week, am I? Well, I'm going to do it the whole way through. So the whole of this podcast, I'm going to smile really eagerly at the camera directly. Fantastic. <laughs> because I'm sick of you catching me looking bored. Well, it's not hard to catch you. I'm not going to lie. This is an ongoing topic. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What, where are we up to? Because I was too busy smiling at the camera. <laughs> yes. Right, well. And this is why I stir into space and look bored because I'm thinking about what you're saying and what I need to say next. And when I stop doing that, I've not got a clue what's going on. <laughs> I preferred it when you looked bored. Just do that. Yeah, because I knew what was going on on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, that's good. You stick to looking bored then. Okay. And I'll stick to being annoyed about it. Okay. So look, you've probably lost weight in the past and you've probably struggled to then keep it off. And one of the main reasons, the number one reason this happens is because, and this is a something that I remember reading a very long time ago, and I loved the way it was written, if the method is unsustainable, the result will be unsustainable. And there's two main ways that people tend to do this. They either, number one, cut things out, or then number two, do some kind of like boot camp style, intense method of weight loss. Now, if we, start, if we quickly run through both of them, cutting things out can be things like carbs, um, fats, uh, what else do people cut out? Pizza, sweet food, sweet food bread, What happens is you cut these things out for the length of time that you do this for. Now, the reason that that's unsustainable is because a life without bread or a life without carbs does not sound fun. No. And you know that fully well. And the reason that I know you know that is because I guarantee you've said, I can't wait till this diet's over so I can have a pizza. I can't wait till it's over so I can have a butter. I'm missing an amb butter. Mm I just can't wait till... Like, if you're already saying that during the journey... Does it not then trigger something into your head going, hang on, I'm probably going to regain the weight. And do you know what? It probably does. You're probably at the time going, I know that at some point this weight's going to come back on. But because you've not listened to this podcast yet, you're not quite sure how to set yourself up to not let that happen. But don't worry, by the end of the podcast, you will. And then the second way of doing it is by going to some kind of like intense boot camp style thing. You're either walking down the street, you hear it on the radio, I don't know, a flyer comes through, your pal tells you... You hear about this amazing eight-week boot camp place where you do 12 sessions a day for <laughs> eight weeks and you're guaranteed to lose five stone. And you're like, right. And your mind. Yeah. And you, they you don't tell mind. you that bit. <laughs> and potentially your period. But you're I'm like, do you know yet. what? I'm going to try it because I've been trying everything. I've tried everything else. So I'm going to give this a go. So you turn up and I guarantee session one, it was grim. You hated it. You nearly died. You could have probably collected about 10 litres of sweat from your body. It was the worst hour of your life. Be like, do you know what? I've signed up anyway. I've given my 20 quid, so I'm going to keep turning up for the next eight weeks. And you get eight weeks in and they take that after photo. And do you know what? You do look like a different human being. You're absolutely shredded. There is literally no body fat left on you. However, I guarantee you in your head, you're thinking, 
I am so glad I never need to go to that boot camp again. Mm-hmm. So once again, the method was unsustainable because you don't want to continue doing what you was doing. And you might have even paired up the two. You might have cut everything else whilst going to the boot camp. And it's it's this idea of creating a method that you don't actually want to continue doing. You mm-hmm. go from one life to a completely different one. You're living the life of someone who loves not eating carbs, which baffles me. And living the life of someone who wants to do 15 boot camps a day, which again, baffles me. But taking that approach means that you're not then going to be able to sustain the weight loss because the second that it ends, and Jen's going to go a little bit deeper into the deadline side of things in a second, but the second that that approach ends, as soon as you stop cutting everything out, the weight starts to regain naturally. So Jen, why does putting a deadline on it as such? <laughs> what? <laughs> you just did something we've never done on the podcast before. What's that? Ask me a really formal question to lead into what I'm going to say. You don't know it's going to be formal. I've not finished the question yet. It might not be formal. I'm sorry, it really made me laugh. So, Jen. <laughs> so, Jen. So, Jen. I've been a... Here's my link into the next just, bit of the podcast that you're going to talk about. I'm sure you are listening now thinking, well, that link didn't work very well. <laughs> Phil, Phil was trying to link those two things together and Jen's been speaking for the last 10 minutes and it's not linked together yet. Maybe we'll not try that again. Um, I'll tell you what I'll do instead. I'll try and do that really awkward podcasting where I'll just stop speaking and hopefully you just start. You ready? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, right. I'll start now. So... (laughs) Talk about deadlines. Tell them why they're not a good idea. Yeah, so I think Phil touched on it a bit there, really. Well, he tried to. He tried to link it in, but never mind. (laughs) Like the kind of where you do a bit of both of what he's just said, you, you sign up to some kind of like eight weeks shred. shred. Eight weeks shred. Eight weeks shred. Eight weeks shred for the wedding. <laughs> yeah. I love the names they give them. I know, where it's Rambles. like literally kill yourself with exercise, don't eat any food. And I think one, the downside of things like this is that you're left feeling depleted with no energy because you're expending loads of energy and not putting any into your body. So. One, you spend eight weeks feeling like rubbish. But the main problem is having that deadline and you get to the end of it and you're like, yes, like often what Phil said, they do work and Mm -hmm. you get results. Absolutely, we're not denying that. But you get to the end of it and it's like, what do I do now? Because you you set yourself really unrealistic expectations in terms of like longevity like you're not going to be able to hold up that same level of movement and those same levels those same eating habits for the rest of your life but those eating habits and movement habits helped you achieve that weight loss now you then don't really know what to do because they help you achieve that and you return to your normal habits and expect that weight to stay off. Mm-hmm. That's spot on. And the problem is those normal eating habits are probably what led you to gain a bit of weight that you wanted to lose in the first place. It's almost like living two lives, isn't it? Like yeah. a weight loss life and a weight gain life. Like yeah. It's two separate things, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, I think the thing we want to make clear here is you can do something like this and sustain that weight loss mm-hmm. like that is possible it absolutely is and it works for some people but the problem is and this is why we came down to right at the beginning of the podcast about it not being your fault is that these types of programs where it's kind of an eight week shred or even anything that allows you to lose weight where they fall down and let you down is they don't give you the tools to actually 
understand how to keep that weight off um, because they don't kind of set you up on this new eating habits that you need to have to keep hold of the weight. No, that's not the right words. To keep off the weight that you've lost is what I was looking for. I think they almost, they create the approach before they even know you, don't they? So yeah. they say, right, before they even know you're going to sign up, it's like, right, this is what you're going to do. They've never met you. They don't know anything about you. They don't know anything about your eating habits, your lifestyle. Um, they literally don't know you as a human. Yeah. But they're sat in the the hall where they're going to do the boot camp, they're writing out all the sessions, and they know all of this before you give them that 20 quid, don't they? Yeah, they so are. So you're not at the centre of the approach. The approach is created mm. before they even knew you was going to turn up. So how do they know what you even need? Yeah. If they've already created the approach before you've approached them. And mm. there's a real quick tip that I kind of thought up a few months ago of... Because people say, well, how do I know who to go to then? And the best way to look at this is, if you can give someone the money before they've spoken to you, so if you can sign up <laughs> before they've spoken really to you, good, yeah. that's a red flag. If you can give them money straight away. If, however, you need to actually have a chat to them, if you have to work out if you'll be a good fit for the programme, if they have to work out if you'll be a good fit for the programme, there's a very good chance that you've got you in mind and you at the centre of it. And I know this is going to sound incredibly biased because this is what me and Jen do, but we tend to have had at least two to three conversations with people before we even say, do you know what? I can help you. Because realistically, we know how many attempts you've put into weight loss. And we know that it's becoming quite demoralising that every single thing you do is adding to that list. And the last thing we want to do is add to that list. Yeah. So we want to be real with you and say, look, we can really actually help here. We can see the struggles that you've got. We understand your barriers. We realise what's holding you back. Let's work together in working out what it is you need to do. Rather than just saying, pay us some money, here's an approach, crack on. And I think that there's there's a key point in there um, is that going back to what Phil said, if if you're looking for someone and you ask them about like, oh, do you like teach me how to maintain the weight loss? If they say no, there's another red flag mm -hmm. because realistically that person cares more about money in their pocket than you. Because if they're not giving you the tools to maintain that weight loss, then they know that you'll come back at some point to pay them more money. <laughs> Recurring customer. Yes. Um, that's what they care about. And I think the other thing, just going back to that idea of the eight weeks red thing is... Um, so even if you get to the end and you've lost the weight and then you're not really sure what to do, you're either, you don't know what to do so end up going back to those old habits or you've cut out so much stuff in order to achieve such a low calorie goal that you end up spending the next two weeks eating all the foods that you've missed for the last eight weeks and potentially end up back at square one because you're then like, oh, I've already ruined all the progress that I've already made and then that spirals and it's it's just being mindful that yes these things can work if you have the right tools and I think that's where we get to that point of what do you even do when you hit your weight loss goal and this is people do get confused at that point I've genuinely seen people floundering mm -hmm. on Instagram like I've seen people particularly in like slimming clubs and this is this is several people I've seen it happen to they get to the maintenance or the target weight, whatever it is, and then they don't know what to do at that point. So I've seen people say, I've hit my target weight, and then change their mind and decide they're gonna keep losing 
but I personally believe that that's because they don't know what else to do at that point. They don't know how to keep that weight off and therefore panic and think, well, I'll just keep losing weight then. Yeah. Like, because they, they literally, and that is absolutely, again, not their fault, but how awful that you're left in a position where you've lost all this weight. What an incredible achievement sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. really massive weight loss, like, actually changed the life, like physically feel fitter and healthy because they've changed their life so much but then they're just lost and i think this is where people then get into this mental spiral of beating themselves up and then returning to old habits because they just feel confused and i think this is why it is so important that when you are trying to lose weight that you don't make the journey just about weight loss because when you do as jen mentioned you'll get to a point where you're like well, what do i do now and this is why when we're speaking to clients, we re- or just anybody in general actually, we try to help them understand that the approach that you need to take needs to be more just more than just the calories you put into your body mm-hmm. and the calories that you burn. There's so much more to it than that because if you can do things like improve your sleep quality, uh, improve your stress management strategies so that you've got something in place for when you're feeling stressed, um, improve the relationship that you've got with food so that you're not constantly feeling down and then reaching out for food. Improve your relationship with things like the scales. I know there was a big conversation this morning in the WhatsApp group about it, so that you're not constantly like feeling like you have to be losing weight all the time. Um, allowing yourself to understand that daily movement is something that's a benefit, like doing it for health rather than just for weight loss. All these different sco- uh, skills and tools and things that you pick up along the way, it's knowledge that stays with you. So when you hit that point where you actually want to maintain, yes, there's things you now need to do to maintain, but you're in a more positive headspace to do it. Whereas if you just lose weight and get to that point where you've lost weight, it's like, well, I still feel like I did when I was 10, 20, 30, 40 kilos heavier. I'm still in the same place. I still Mm. feel the same. I see a different reflection in the mirror, but I'm still tired. I'm still stressed. I'm still emotionally eating. I still can't step on the scales because I feel horrendous when I see Mm -hmm. that number. I still feel rubbish on a day-to-day basis. I don't like the way that I look. I don't like the way that I feel. All of these things have stayed with you because it's really important to note that weight loss isn't just going to be an overnight fix. Mm -hmm. But even if it takes a year, if you've not done all these other things to improve your mindset, your mental health and how you feel about your body, you will still feel the same in 12 months even if you are 40 kilos lighter. It is so important that the process isn't just about weight loss and i think that is so ridiculously important and i think particularly like these quicker approaches very often what they do is just mask mm-hmm. problems that are actually holding you back from sustaining those results long term now i think if you constantly ignore them by taking these approaches that focus on weight or focus on quick weight loss you are like phil said just putting a pause on some of those things that are going to come back and affect you again whereas if you actually tackle all those things as you're going on like genuinely we turn people away because the sole goal was weight loss Mm -hmm. like we're not about that like it needs to be bigger for for us we we need you to have that deeper why We, we want you to have a reason as to why it's important for you to make these changes because unless you've got that deeper why you're not going to be able to tackle some of these things that are holding you back and no. it is just going to be constantly about weight and it you're probably not going to be able to sustain those results in the long term then our goal is that we are the last coaches you need yeah so we can't just make it about weight loss no. now 
we, we've mentioned about this maintenance phase and what happens when you get there. And I think it's really important to note that it's probably more important than the weight loss, isn't it? Yeah, genuinely. I've said this to clients. Like I've Clients who've been coming to an end of the journey, I always map out and say, look, like, we've got this phase where we look at all your habits, we unpick your habits. Maybe even we're not focusing on weight loss at first. We're just looking at some changes that we can make to your daily habits. Then when we're feeling in a good place mentally because we've taken away some of those barriers, then we can focus on a weight loss phase. And then at the end of that, we're, we're looking at that maintenance phase and going, right, how do we, how can we learn how to just stay at this weight? And at that point, once we're comfortable doing that, that's where we can pull out our support then because mm-hmm. we feel that you're comfortable to be able to sustain the results. We've given you all the tools along the way. We've helped you unpick the barriers. We've helped you do the weight loss bit. Well, the weight loss bit happens majority of the time all the way through anyway because as you start to unpick some of those barriers the weight loss happens Mm -hmm. quite naturally then once you're feeling in a much place better mentally much better mental place (laughs) once you're in a much place better mentally (laughs) then you You got all the words right just in a completely wrong order all the wrong orders brilliant then we can do that bit and it feels really achievable at that point. And then, like I say, going back to that idea that the maintenance phase of the journey is so important. It's, in fact, like Phil said, probably more important because that is the bit that allows you to keep the weight off for the rest of your life because you learn how to what what eating needs to be like and what movement needs to be like to stay at the weight that you're currently at. And that is the bit that a lot of coaches or approaches don't give you. That's like your missing piece of the puzzle, basically. And one of the ways that we do that with clients, and to be honest with you, we've got a couple of different stories on this because there's there's one about a client right now who will not name because I've not spoken to her about it yet. But then there's a story about Jen as well. And you may or may not have heard the, the term reverse dieting. And if you've not, it's absolutely fine because I'll quickly run through it, what it is. But this can be a really pivotal point in your journey mm-hmm. if you're able to do what is called reverse dieting. Now, it's it's quite a complicated subject if you need it to be, but we're going to make it as simple as possible. Yeah. Basically, let's say, for example, right now, you're consuming 1,400 calories yeah. to use weight. Yeah, you give my numbers what it used to be. Yes. Yeah. So, so Jen, was, you was kind of maintaining at about 1800 roughly yeah and so i was probably eating about 1400 to lose to weight. lose weight yeah. yeah and what happened was jen was training in the gym so she was doing a lot of strength training basically a lot of weight training is what jen's approach that we took wasn't it we mm-hmm. got to do a lot of weight training uh, it was about three to four times a week wasn't it mm-hmm. um nothing mental nothing intense just focusing on the bigger in fact movements. it was probably more like two to three times a week at that point it probably was actually yeah and i was one of those people, I know I've talked about this on the podcast, who felt like I was constantly busy, constantly on my feet, but actually my daily movement was quite low as yeah. a teacher. Jen was like, no, I'm always on my feet. And when we looked, it was like, was it like four to six K a day or yeah. something like that? So yeah. it was nowhere near as much as we thought. And so what we did was we said, right, you're probably in a position right now where you can lose weight though. So she was maintaining at about 1800. So our first step, or phase one, if you want to overcomplicate it, uh, was to look at, right, let's reduce body fat. So we trained in the gym, we got Jen into a deficit. We focused on things like emotional eating and understanding how to create habits during this process so that she'd have them for life. Mm-hmm. And we did this at around 1400 calories. Now, Jen's not a robot, so that didn't mean that every single day she was at 1400. But over the week on average, about 1400, wasn't mm-hmm. it? 
Now we hit a point where Jen was like, right, I'm really happy. There was a bit more, more complicated than this, but she was like, mm-hmm. I'm really happy. Um, now I wanna kind of like get to a point where I don't have to eat 1,400 calories every day, which was understandable. So the next phase of it, or that maintenance phase, was a bit called the reverse diet, which can be overcomplicated, but honestly really isn't. However, I would genuinely advise working with a coach in order to get this bit right. And what we did was we slowly increased Jen's calories. Now, what's really important to mention is, naturally, mentally, you're going to think, well, if I increase my calories, I'm going to gain weight. However, Jen had all the tools now to understand exactly how to manage each day. She'd also spent a lot of time training in the gym, so had built some muscle underneath her body fat. So naturally, she was now burning more calories on a day-to-day basis because muscle requires more calories than body fat does to maintain it. Also on top of that, Jen had developed some habits so that she could then increase her daily movement. So she'd gone from around four to 6,000 steps a day to a guaranteed 10,000 every single day without fault. And also, at a weekend, we'd go on quite a long walk, wouldn't mm-hmm. we? So Jen was now in a position where she was burning quite a lot of calories every single day. So we would slowly bring that up by like 100 calories, 150 calories to like 1500, 1750, 1800. And you would think at this point now, well, that's her maintenance. However, Jen had a new maintenance. Because we were slowly increasing that, you felt like you had more energy, didn't you? Yeah, naturally I just had more kind of get up and go about me because I have mm-hmm. more in my body. So like... I would find myself, I was like moving around the classroom more in a day. Like I would um, just naturally like fidget, fidget more. more. Yeah. And I know this sounds bonkers, but I would quite happily sit on the couch for hours, like mm. a binge programs. I mean, I, I would like sit for the whole day and binge. Whereas now I find it really difficult to sit and watch like an hour's program because mm. I'm quite like fidgety. So like that goes to show how much different it is for me now because my body wants to move more like quite naturally yeah and we actually took your calories up to like 2300 yeah so Jen was at a point where at 1800 calories she couldn't gain or lose weight she was pretty much in maintenance but we're now at a point where if Jen was to go down to 1800 calories she would lose body fat Mm -hmm. definitely in actual fact I have been doing that yeah not strictly but I've just basically not a bit off my portion sizes and I've been hitting around 1800 and I've started reducing body fat again. And that's because we built up loads of habits. So now Jen's day-to-day lifestyle looks very different to what it looked like four or five years ago, which means that naturally she's going to burn more calories. She's more conscious about the movement she's doing on a day-to-day basis. So over a whole week, she's guaranteed to hit 70k steps without even thinking about it Mm -hmm. because naturally it's planned in and it happens. She's got more what's called lean body mass. So she's got more muscle, which doesn't make her a bodybuilder by the way if you've seen Jen you'll know she doesn't look like a bodybuilder but because she's got a little bit more muscle she's naturally going to burn a few more calories basically what we've done is we've taken Jen from a position where to lose body fat she would need to eat somewhere between 1300 and 1400 and we've almost developed her into a position where she can now lose body fat at like 1800 to 2000 calories which is an incredible thing to think because you're like well that's just going to make life easier, isn't it? Yeah, just it does make think. life easier because I feel like um, I don't have to be super restrictive no. with things now, just purely because I now actually, and this happened over a really long period of time, like it's not something that happened overnight, but like I naturally have an active lifestyle mm. now. Like I just, movement just is part of my day. Like it, it just happens. I don't think about it. Whereas when I first started out, it was like, 
really conscious effort to put movement into my day like it was effort and it had to be planned in and it had to I had to like have all the tools whereas now it happens naturally and I enjoy it and it is part of my routine and therefore I don't have to put any particular effort in now to move Mm -hmm. and therefore I'm naturally burning more calories purely because I've created this more active lifestyle for myself but then in turn I then have a little bit more flexibility with my food as well because well don't get me wrong like I've not gone and been like I'm gonna eat pizza and drink wine all the time I mean I still do that but not all the time (laughs) but I've been able to put like add a little bit more like nuts into my diet Mm -hmm. and um increase my portion sizes of my meals like just generally little things like that that have you can basically be a little bit less conscious about it can't you yeah yeah and it feels quite natural and I don't feel restricted and it just feels like my life now Mm -hmm. no sorry just to add in before you move on is it's taken me a long time to get to that point and a lot of support and a lot of effort like I've literally changed my life like I, I can't tell you how different a human I am from when I started out my journey mentally physically all of it and it, I'm not being I'm not gonna like cover it up and you'll know this if you've been on my Instagram it's been hard but I've taken each of these different phases and learned so much about myself throughout the whole journey that everything just feels natural now <laughs> It's your life. That's yeah, it, it is. It is my life. Now, there's another way that we can look at this because what's really important to remember is that not everybody who's... Well, you might be listening to this right now thinking, but I've not hit my goal weight yet and I'm eating 1,200 calories a day and I'm doing 15,000 steps and I'm training all the time. And in the back of your mind, you might be thinking, well, I'm either going to have to increase the amount of movement I'm doing or I'm going to have to reduce down to 1,000 calories or 800 calories. And around four to six weeks ago, um, I had a very similar conversation with a client where she just signed up and she was struggling at around 1200 calories to uh, lose body fat. Nothing was coming off. She'd stayed at the same weight for months, like zero body fat was coming off, but she was really restrictive with her food intake and she was really conscious with the movement. She definitely hit 10,000 steps uh, every single day and she was training eight times a week. She was doing four workouts in the gym, four cardio sessions. Nothing was happening. So, I said, look, we've got a couple of different options where you either try and reduce your body, your calories, which I'm not comfortable doing, and I genuinely wouldn't have um, taken this person on as a client. I wouldn't have worked with that person if we had to go below that number because I think it's incredibly dangerous and I think it can have such an impact on your mental health, your stress, your sleep, your menstrual cycle. There are too many dangerous elements to going below certain numbers. And so I said, look, the way that we're going to do this is very similar to what we did with Jen in that we're going to reverse diet you out of this. We're going to very slowly bring your calories up over the next few weeks and months so that we get you to a point where you feel like you can then take on this weight loss journey. So we've actually, over the past, I think it's six weeks now, we've gone from 1,200 calories, where she was not losing weight, but not gaining weight, to now 1,800 calories a day. And like I said, it's still early doors. She hasn't put on a pound. So we have really slowly looked at how we can increase the calories without gaining weight. We're now at a point where she feels like she's got so much more energy. People are noticing the energy levels she's got. People are complimenting and 
commenting on how much energy and the vibes that she's giving off as a human right now because she just feels like she can do so much more on a day-to-day -day basis. Her training has improved. She's hitting PBs in the gym. She's lifting more weight than she's ever lifted before because she's got the energy to do it. She just generally feels like she can attack each day. She can um, complete each day with better results because she feels so much better. And all we've done is slowly increase the calories over a day-to-day -day basis. Now, we, are, we aren't aiming for a specific number. We're just kind of going to keep going until we hit a point where we go, right, this is probably our maintenance. What we'll then do is we'll knock a percentage off that. And let's say we get to 2,200 and we go, right, let's go into a 15 to 20% deficit. This client might start losing body fat on about 1,900 to 2,000 calories. Mm. Yet she's just spent months at 1,200 and not lost a pound. So it's really, really, really important to mention that if you've spent the last five, 10 years trying to hit 1,200 calories and do loads of steps and train really hard and you're not losing body fat, you might be absolutely destroying your body and that's why. And mm -hmm. you might now need a little bit of help just coming out of that phase and slowly increasing your calories until you hit a point where you are able to then lose weight again. So I always say to people and me and Jen, I always say like, there's no perfect time to lose weight. There really isn't a perfect time to get started, but there might be times where weight loss isn't quite right yet because you need to do this bit first. Yeah. But I think just to kind of summarise what we've said, I think going back to the point of the podcast today is actually how to keep weight off and stop yo-yo is... Stop yo-yo? Stop yo-yoing yo is looking at that part of the journey that is comes after when you've hit where you want to be with your weight. Mm -hmm. That is how you keep weight off. You, you, you really hone in on that process and journey that everybody ignores which is the bit after you've got to where you want to be mm -hmm. and you really focus on learning about that bit of your journey and how you can make it sustainable in the long term yeah so that being said put me on the spot then okie doke i already know who's gonna ask this one because i mentioned it a couple of weeks ago oh yeah um, i was actually gonna ask vicky's question two weeks ago but then yeah. caroline's fit in with the podcast strangely enough yeah uh, so i was like right it makes sense to do that however oh. Vicky asked this forever ago, so I apologise it's taken such a long time to get it in there, Vicky. But, Jen Kay. Yes. For the first time, I hope you don't have an answer to this question. <laughs> what is the worst present Phil has ever bought you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you know what? Can't think of anything great. That'll do for me. No, I genuinely, hand on heart, like, you are pretty good at buying presents. Pretty good. Yeah. I'll take that. Um, so the worst present's going to be a good one, I hope. Gosh, you really are good at buying presents. Like, I taught him a skill about buying presents, didn't I? Did you? Yeah. What was it? The skill is for the the for the two months before someone's birthday, you have to listen to everything they say and write it down. Oh, I've been doing that all year round now. Yeah. I listen to Jen all the time, and every time she says something, I just bang it in my notes. Yeah, it's in, great. In a hidden folder. I told Jen my secret the other week, didn't I, as well? I have a folder called uh, Gym Program, and then the first exercise <laughs> is bench press three times twelve. Because if you know if you notice notes on an iPhone, it tells you the title of it, which is the first line <laughs> of the note, and then underneath that shows you the first uh, sentence. And I thought, what is Jen not going to care about? My gym program. So I just wrote gym program, bench press three times ten. However, if you do try and open it, which she never would, because she never wants to read that boring stuff that I write about, um, it's locked, so she can't. But she never even tried to open it because she, she, she assumes it's my gym programme. But underneath that, it's a list of things that Jen mentions every now and again that she really wants. See, this is why he gets me good presents. Because mm. I taught him that. To, he listens. That's mm. why he's good at this. Yeah. you got to just tell him something and he absorbs it. 
and I'm ignoring the fact that he's pretending he's not listening when I said he listens. Um, I love it when you get you with that. It's literally my favourite thing on the planet. Where you don't get me off in these days because you do it so much. But that's why it's so good when it happens these days. <laughs> it gets really annoying so when it gets me. I do a little dance and I can't dance. No, I genuinely can't think of one rubbish present you've got me. I can't. Mm. I'm genuinely, I'm not even being nice. You're really good at buying presents. I'm trying to think what I could potentially have got you that's... I know the best present I've got you. What? The mug I got you for Valentine's <laughs> Got me um, a Duke mug, if you hadn't seen it on my Instagram, from uh, Bridgeton. The Duke of... What's he the Duke of? Is it the Duke? It's not the Duke of Bridgeton, is it? I want to say Hastings, but... Duke I, of Hastings. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, is that a real human? No, I mean, it might be a real human as well, but I think it is the Duke of Hastings. Yeah, I thought it was. Mm. I can't think, Phil. Also, just on that note, if anybody really likes him, so everyone who's listening to this, he's now <laughs> doing a reading... To children on CBBS. Yeah, like, isn't it? what's his name? Tom Hardy used to do. Yeah, like Tom Hardy used to do. <laughs> I didn't know the guy at Duke of Aston's real name. Was that Reg- Reggie? I don't know, you said it was like French, didn't you? Phillips or something like that, yeah. Right, I, 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 feel, I feel like I've failed at this question because I can't think of any rubber. Like, and I'm genuine, I would Not call you I, out. I consider that a success. Yeah, um, I really want to find something because I'm not scared of calling you out. I really want you to not find something because I'm scared of getting called out. <laughs> I'm not. But I genuinely think that if anyone ever struggles with buying presents, just, just write down what they want. And just yeah, no, I'm, I'm out. I can't think of anything. Mm. Oh, no, I've got it, right. Oh, brilliant. I could I've have just ended it. it there. No, I've got it. Right, fantastic. The 200 strawberry pencils that you bought me at Christmas. Sensational present. What was bad about that? It was, like, good but bad because I then ate 200 strawberry pencils. In a day. Madness I didn't eat watching. them in a day. It took me about... A month. I was having like... Seven a day. No, I wasn't. I was having like four or five a day. And I was tracking them all. Mm. I just tracked them all in my calories. It was great. Yeah. So the worst present that I bought Jen was 200 sweets. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know how good the presents are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hopefully that has given you some top tips on number one, how to lose weight and keep it off. And number two, how to buy presents for your other half. Yeah. All the... Um, useful tips All not tips. words no <laughs> not words because you come to podcasts for words oh and you've probably learned how to do decimal multiplications as well at the beginning which is nice yeah so we've got a bit of maths a bit of weight loss and a little bit of present buying advice if you need any help well. with understanding times and dividing by ten hundred a thousand I'm really good at maths mm. teaching you're maths. as good as me aren't you Phil's quicker at maths and better at teaching maths mm. 27 plus 42 is 612 what? It's not true, but it's quick. <laughs> <laughs> right, have an incredible week. We'll catch up with you next week. Before you go, make sure to hit the link in the podcast notes to update us on how many steps you've done on today's walk whilst listening to us two jabber on. Each week, we'll update you on the total number of steps you fantastic listeners have done. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to like the podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and anything else you can do to the podcast that makes us all really great.